Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Today, I want to talk a little bit about talking about your faith. And and to do that, I'm going to just read from Have No Fear by Professor John Lennox. And uh, the subtitle of this uh, booklet, it's not very big at all, you can see that, is Being Salt and Light Even When It's Costly. And so his premise is that it may or may not be, you know, um, seen as appropriate for you to share your faith in the culture in which we live anyway. Um, He says here on the back, we're led to believe that at best our beliefs are outdated and at worst they are dangerous. Silence by fear, it's all too easy to just remain quiet. And um, as he points out, our Christian faith was never meant to be compartmentalized and kept to ourselves, uh, not only because the Lord indeed tells us to go out and share our faith and be witness his witnesses, but because we actually love other people and uh, the gospel is good for them. And, uh, and we, we love them enough to want to share the gospel with them. So he's got in here, um, just as I say, it's just a small little book. And of course, my goal is to get you to actually want to go get one of these. And I believe you can find it online. It's by a publishing company called 10 Publishing. Professor John C. Lennox, have no fear. Uh, there are seven short chapters in here. I'll just read one of them, the, the one at the beginning. It's called Getting Started. He quotes from 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, which go exactly like this. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Again, that's from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. So John Lennox says, Peter's mention of fear is a great place to start, since so many people find witnessing initially quite scary. Peter personally knew about fear as a Christian. He was writing to people who were feeling intimidated and insecure and had good reason to do so. Yet instead of telling them to keep their heads down, he commands them, in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And hope in anyone's heart these days uh, would certainly uh, be quite contagious, compelling even, wouldn't it? Uh, people would want to know, why are you so hopeful in the day and age uh, when this world is like it is and when there is so much fear and anxiety around, when there, uh, when there indeed is, uh, there are wars and rumors of wars and, and there are pandemics and things like that. How can somebody be hopeful? And uh, John Lennox is so good at uh, pointing this out. He says, the antidote to fear is not so much in our store of answers to possible questions that might arise, but is first of all in our attitude toward our Lord. We are to honor him as Lord. We are also to remember that he is holy, which means set apart. 
Peter is explaining that we prepare to engage in witness by deliberately focusing on Jesus' lordship of the world as well as of how we should live our lives. In this way, a wrong kind of fear, a fear of others, is dispelled by the right kind of fear of the Lord. And I think that's just a great place to start. Um, it's, it's living out of that confidence in God's sovereignty and God's wisdom uh, in uh, God's view of the way the world is, the way uh, our lives work best in that world. Uh, we are to be Jesus ambassadors, Professor Lennox says, by our words and actions. Yet we are not alone in this. Jesus promised his disciples and us that he would send the Holy Spirit to bear the major burden of witness. And then he quotes here from John chapter 15. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness. Jesus is in charge, John Lennox says, encouraging us to witness. We need to get this straight and can expect to have conversations about Jesus since he is more interested in other people than we are. Jesus is also present with us by his spirit to guide our conversations and help us in all our uncertainties and fears. And he talks a little bit about conversation. And, uh, and then about asking questions. And I love his, uh, his logic in all of this. I think it really, works together really well. He says, notice next in this passage from 1 Peter, he's not talking about preaching. That is an ability that most of us do not have. He envisages a situation where someone else asks us about our Christian hope. That is, he's talking about a one-to-one -one chat. While this is public in one sense, it's only between the two of you. That ought to make you feel a little more comfortable already. It is one-to-one -one conversations that are the key to Christian witness. Notice, too, that it is not us who starts this conversation. We are to answer anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. That's helpful because many of us stumble at the first hurdle. We don't know how to start the conversation about Jesus, and so we never do. However, you may be wondering why anyone would ask you about your Christian hope. I remember many years ago asking myself the same question. I had reached the stage where I thought I was ready to answer at least some questions about the Christian faith. Yet no one asked me, and so Peter's statement seemed rather ineffective and useless. I shared my problem with a younger student friend who at once replied, Have you ever thought about asking them about their hope? No, I said, why not? Well, it's obvious that many of them have no hope, so there is no point in asking them. Really, he questioned. Try it. Well, not long after that, I was on a train to London and found myself among, uh, or sitting rather beside a middle-aged man who was reading a scientific-looking text. I uttered, hello, are you a scientist? Yes, I'm a metallurgist. How about you? Well, I'm studying mathematics. The conversation then lapsed. He continued his reading. I took out a Gideon New Testament and started to read it. Yet he noticed what I was doing, as I hoped, and eventually said, pardon me, but is that a New Testament you are reading? Yes, I said, and simply continued to read. After a while, he broke in once more. I don't wish to disturb you, but you did say you were a math student, 
and yet here you are reading the Bible. How's that possible? I then remembered the advice I'd received from my friend. I answered, you want to know why I am reading the Bible? Tell me, have you got any hope? The effect was dramatic. He turned white and mumbled something about us all muddling through. I said, you know, I didn't mean that. I meant, do you have any personal hope? None whatsoever, he replied. Do you, and what is it? There it was, the question that Peter said would start the conversation. And it has started a multitude of others since then, says Professor John Lennox. The essence of my conversation with this man teaches us two simple steps about how to witness to Jesus. First of all, I observed something about the man the science text he was reading. Next, I asked a question related to it. Are you a scientist? And so asking questions is the next section of uh, Professor Lennox's chapter here in Have No Fear. One of my heroes, he says, from the ancient world is the Greek philosopher Socrates, who was famous for the fact that he went around asking questions. Unfortunately, this got him into trouble, for he was accused of corrupting the minds of the youth of Athens. The court sentenced him to death by suicide, an inexcusable tragedy. Please don't let that put you off asking questions. <laughs> I learned very early two things, Lennox says. Firstly, that it, was, it is much easier to ask questions than to answer them. And secondly, that questions are a great way to get into conversation with people whether friends or strangers, and to know them better. Indeed, I found that one of the best ways to proceed in chats with people, especially with those you have not met before, is to keep asking them questions until they ask you one. Of course, some of us might find that stressful since we have too much to say. What sort of questions should we ask in order to have the opportunity to speak naturally of our Christian faith? We should begin with ordinary questions so that we can get to know them and learn how to build bridges with them. Therefore, ask them about their family, their interests, their job. At the same time, be careful in case they might not be married or have children or even be in a job. You may be in danger of giving the false impression that their family situation or job defines them. Of course, you may rapidly find that you share a common hobby or interest. For instance, playing a particular sport, supporting the same football team, cooking or enjoying going on walks. Discussions will then rapidly flow. This general questioning process might be enough for our first conversations together. During them, we should be listening out for their questions about our faith. And when they arise, we need to take them seriously. We also need to be sensitive. For example, we may have had a loving father, and so as a Christian can well understand what it means to have God as father. But the person that we're talking to may have been abused by their father. Therefore, may completely fail to understand us when we try to tell them what God being a father means. Mm. So insightful of uh, Professor Lennox uh, and sensitive uh, in this day and age, I think, to be aware of that. Yeah. We must constantly remind ourselves that we don't all come from the same background. What might encourage one person may upset another. Christ must be central, not us, not our experience. Let me give you another example of con conversation starting. 
Once when I was waiting for a flight, the man next to me was constantly interrupted by his mobile phone ringing. I could hear his responses. They were all terse instructions in how to deal with particular medical cases. He was quite agitated, so in one of the pauses I commented, Does your work always chase you like that? Relieved to have someone to talk to, he replied, I'm afraid so. It would seem I am always on call. Is your life like that? <laughs> Not really. I am glad to say I'm a teacher in a university, Professor Lennox replied. Are you? I have a son at university, and I'm really worried about him. He's very lonely and is not getting much help to integrate with the others. Are there any resources to help students have hope in that kind of situation? Well, there it was again, Professor Lennox says. That word, hope. I could see that our flight was about to be called, so I cut straight to the point and answered, may I be very personal since we don't have much time. I hope in the end, or I have in the end found that what gives me a hope that I can share with others is a living relationship with God. That is, my hope comes through trusting my life with all its ups and downs and concerns to Jesus Christ. Now, that may well sound like so much jargon to you, but you can find out all about it by reading the New Testament. Would you permit me to give you a New Testament to pass on to your son? Please also encourage him to get in touch with the Christian group in his university, which he will easily find. It's called the Universities and, Col of Co and Colleges Christian Fellowship over in England. It's uh, UCCF. And of course, here in the States, it could be RUF, could be any number of uh, uh, crew or any number uh, FCA, F Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, so just any campus ministry would be great. And Lennox tells this man, he will find friendly students there who will be able to help. Thank you very much. He replied, would you mind if I read it too while I'm on holiday? This man asked. <laughs> I never heard from him again, Professor Lennox says. That often happens with brief encounters. Uh, with strangers. I simply trusted the Lord that I had been a link in the chain to this man discovering the Christian hope. Though the details of it I may never know, at least in this world, I learned about this matter of trusting the Lord in the context of being a witness in my early days as a student. Another student had asked me to talk about my faith in Christ. However, I was rather nervous about doing so, and therefore, with his permission, I invited another Christian uh, student named Stuart to join us. This was the same person who had told me to ask people about their hope. And before the other student returned, Stuart prayed with words that I've often used since. Lord, we pray that you will give us wisdom and help us in this conversation to say what you want us to say, no less and no more. Lennox says, I put on some coffee and Stuart started the conversation by making a remark about his home football team uh, Preston North End, and again, this is a UK reference, instantly a passionate discussion began and I discovered that there is much more to the world of football than I had ever imagined. Once Stuart had put him at ease in this way, Stuart then moved to the question that had motivated the student to come to see me in the first place. You would like to talk about faith in Christ. How can we help? <laughs> That's so good. This student was remarkably open with his questions and Stuart readily answered them, finally asking him if he would like to become a Christian there and then. Is that possible? The fellow asked. It is indeed, Stuart replied, and led him in a prayer of commitment. And so in this instance, and in God's kindness, 
a new Christian, was born that day in my room. Have No Fear by Professor John Lennox, subtitle being Salt and Light, Even When It's Costly. And as you can see from uh, Professor Lennox, uh, he really does help us in a very practical kind of way, learn how to start conversations and ask questions. Let's pray about our day and our possible opportunities to do this. Lord, thank you. Um, that you have for each and every one of us uh, uh, relationships where the gospel uh, can enter into our conversations. And I pray uh, that you'd uh, make us uh, alert, aware, awake, and um, uh, Lord, give us a, a love, compassion, and concern for others enough to want to talk about Jesus and about the gospel with them this day. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill us and empower us to be your witnesses in this world. And uh, may the gospel indeed fall freely from our lips and be seen visibly in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.